0: Yeah. Thank you, David. Hey, I just a quick note about those two serving opportunities. We'd love to have you guys just take that form, sign your name and say, yeah, I'll I'll be a part of that, uh, that that team just to talk about some ideas, some things that we can make these events even better, you know, and, and, and for a couple of reasons. One, we want to be inspiring our church family to invite people uh, to these events. And two, we want these events to be more impactful. We just feel like there's so much creativity in the body of Christ. There's so much creativity sitting in these seats every Sunday. We'd love to tap into that and have you be a part of putting something really cool on at Crosspoint Church. So be a part of that. Pray about that. Fill that out. Just drop it in the Dropbox, and it's not a lot of time. It'll take meetings over the months, but uh, man, it's going to be well worth your time, and together we're going to be able to invest in in the kingdom. Give me just a moment. Uh, my message here was shut down. David, did you do this? All right. Got to open this baby back up here. You know, David, uh, um, Jesus agreement—that <clears throat> is, he gives it to me ahead of time, and I write it down, <laughs> and it's it's worked out very well that way. No, I've got it now. Yeah, yes, very good. Hey, we are continuing our journey this morning through spiritual gifts found in Romans chapter twelve, verses three through eight, and as we've talked about that, we all these the the motivational gifts or the spiritual gifts. And we call them the motivational gifts or or rather not the spiritual gifts, the functional gifts or the motivational gifts. First we call these spiritual gifts found in Romans 12 functional because Scripture is clear that God has given them to to His people, his, His church, in order to do the work of the ministry. In other words, the spiritual gifts that God gives you makes the church work, right? Makes the church function. But they're also very motivational because when you begin to serve. Serve Jesus in the capacity and the spiritual giftings that He has given you, man, you find your place of destiny. You're like, man, I, I was made by for this. I, you find your place of purpose, and it's so invigorating and life giving. And so today, we're we're in the middle of the series called "Made to Matter" as we're looking at uh, the Romans twelve gifts, um, and we're continuing the series because we we want everybody to understand that you do have a spiritual gift. So let's begin to read together. Chapter 12. We're gonna do this a little bit different. Usually I read the opening scripture today just to break it up because we're reading this passage of scripture every week over the next several weeks. We're gonna do what is called a responsive reading. And that is, I will read a portion of the scripture, then when the when the scripture that pops up on the screen is gold, then we will all read that together. All right. So I will read the, the first, then we will read together, and together we will discover God's word for our lives today. It says by the grace given me I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned him and together it says for as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function so we though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another together having gifts according Let's use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in the generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This morning we are talking about the spiritual gift of exhortation, or maybe you've heard it called the spiritual gift of encouragement. And it is a very real thing. And I know we all like to be encouraged and we all like to encourage people, but God is giving some people a supernatural gift to be able to come alongside of others and really lift them up and encourage them in the work that he has called them to. And today you may not think that you have a spiritual gift, but you do. And our spirit and our, our series big idea, our big idea for our entire, entire series is simply this. You are made to matter, and your spiritual gift is important. We need people to just really understand that, that God created you with a purpose. You are made to matter, and your spiritual gift is important. It's important in the church today. It's important to our culture today. It's important to your community today. You see, the Bible teaches us that each person is given a spiritual gift at salvation. So when you reach that point in your life where you surrendered your life to Jesus, you say, Jesus, I'm not living for myself anymore. I'm going to live for you. I'm giving you my life. The Bible says in that moment you were born again. And a part of that born again process is that God gives you a new spirit. Literally, he gives you a new spirit that now is now is able to live for him. And as he gives you this new spirit, he also gives you a spiritual gift Many people receive more than one spiritual gift. They can receive several spiritual gifts. But he's given you a spiritual gift. And usually one is, is dominant in your life. So if you were born again, man, you were given a spiritual gift. And you are made to matter. And God sees he, he has a place for you in the church, in his purpose, in his king, serving his kingdom. Now, talking about gifts and really the gift of encouragement uh, or rather exhortation that we're talking about today. It reminds me of a story that I just read. I was really startled by this story. Apparently, God decided to check up on the earth and really to see how things were going down here on earth. And so he decided to do this via an email survey, right? So he emailed a survey out to all inhabitants of the earth, and, they, and what he found out was that 95% of the people who answered the survey no longer believe that being a good person is important. Only five percent of the people that God surveyed with this email survey believed that that being a good person was important. So obviously this this saddened God, and He decided to to send words of encouragement to each person, to each one of those five percent who still believed that it was that it was, it was striving that striving to be a good per, person was important. Some of you people are like, wow, I didn't get that email." Anyways, listen, listen, it's a story, okay? So obviously enemy. so he decided to send out a, 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 a an email of encouragement to everybody who who were still striving to be a good person. And so I'm just curious do, do you know what that email said? Oh <laughs> Come on think about it. Think about it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week, okay? <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm a little wishful wistful that, that I could get a personal email of encouragement from God. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? That, to, I mean, just just something to, to, a word of encouragement, and just to know that he is right there watching you. He is. But we tend to forget that so many times. You know, we tend to forget that the spirit of the living God lives in us, and his eye is always upon us, right? And we, but we still need this encouragement in life. Have you ever felt like you could just use a little encouragement? And maybe you're at that place right now in your life. Man, you're sitting here this morning or you're watching online at home and you're like, man, I, I need encouragement in my life right now. I could, I could, I could really use to hear from God, to know everything is going to be okay, to be encouraged in the direction that I'm going, to know his will in this moment. Well, listen, that's why the spiritual gift of, of exhortation or encouragement is so important today. Because not only does God speak to us in many different ways, but one of the ways He definitely speaks to us, encourages us, is through people who have the spiritual gift of exhortation. Let me read you from Romans 12 once again. It says, Having gifts according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving." The one who teaches in his teaching, the one exhorts in his exhortation. Let me pray right now. Lord, I thank you for this spiritual gift called exhortation, or oftentimes translated encouragement. And Father, I, I, we're, there's probably going to be people sitting here wondering, what does that look like, and, and how does that operate in the church? Father, my prayer today is that um, you would speak clearly to us Lord, that we would have an understanding not only of of how the gift of exhortation works, but God, we would would come out of this time together wanting to encourage one another more whether we have that spiritual gift or not. So Holy Spirit, I, I welcome your presence here. You're here in this moment. And I pray that you would speak to each one of us exactly where we're at in this journey we call the Christian life. You would give us ears to hear your voice, your encouragement today, and a heart to respond in obedience to you. In Jesus' holy name, and everybody said, Amen. Listen, God encourages us in different ways. And in my life, He's, He's, He's encouraged me just through the presence of His Holy Spirit. Maybe you've heard God's Spirit speak to you clearly. Um, sometimes I hear His Spirit just impress things on my heart and I know it's true. And other times, I, I I've heard His Spirit like He's standing right behind me, talking to me in my ear. Uh, one of those times is when I was considered, when I was, uh, uh, actually, candidating before I ended up here, at Yakima, and um, I was there were some church areas, there some churches that I was really interested in. But I was having great interviews going on here with Yakima. You guys have heard the story, and I really wasn't really wasn't thrilled about coming this way. Didn't know what it all involved, but my heart was kind of else. Not that not that there was anything wrong with with Yakima, but it was simply that my my desires, my heart, what I was looking for was in another another area. And so I'm having these great interviews with the with the leadership team here at Yakima. Dennis, you were on that team, right? Yeah. And so uh and I think Ron Roberts was as well. Anyways, so I was out in my prayer time and at the time I lived down in the country and there's orchards all around me. I was out walking in the orchards praying. And I was coming back praying, talking to God. I was talking about this opportunity here. And I told the Lord, I said, "Lord, the problem is, it just doesn't fit my dream." And this is where the Holy Spirit really spoke to me clearly and he said, that's the problem it's not about your dream it's about mine right and now now i i was i was clearly corrected in that moment but why was that encouragement because that's what i needed to hear in order to get on board with what god is doing right the gift of exhortation is not only just to encourage you when you're feeling down but it is very much used in the church to encourage people who are working in god's ministry and serving his purpose and he needs people to come alongside of them to encourage them and what he has called them to do. We'll talk more about that later. There are times in my life I've been going through difficult times, and, and God has encouraged me through his word, through the word of God. Psalms 31, 24, one time he spoke to me when I was getting really impatient. on something. He spoke to me so clearly. He said, be strong, let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. <laughs> Really not what I was wanting. I was wanting to say your wish is granted. And it was done. But he told me to wait. Wait for his timing. And and you know, it, it was the encouragement I needed at that time. Other ways I've been encouraged is simply by words or acts of kindness from family or friends. One way I, I remember very clearly a moment in my life that was. It was terrifying for me. I was facing some issues that uh, some I was facing some conflict to be honest, and and uh, and I just really didn't know how to handle that type of conflict I was facing. And I had a friend, Captain, Mac, a former a captain of the Marine Corps, and and uh, and I went and talked to him just to get some counsel. And I remember Captain Mac just give me the right words I needed in that time to face that moment, right? To face that moment. And, and, and without that, without his words of encouragement, without his words of exhortation, guys, I, I don't know, um, how I would have faced that moment. But I know because he came alongside of me, because he encouraged me and exhorted me, I was able to go and face that moment in a way that honored God and honored his kingdom. And I'm not sure I would have been able to without it. That is the power of the gift of exhortation. It lifts people up and helps them to continue in a manner that honors God. Continue in the work that He's called them to. Continue in, in the relationships. To continue to act in a way that honors God. You know, I think that we all have this type of encouragement at some place in our life, and that's why this gift of exhortation or encouragement is so important. We all have times when we struggle to find ourselves, struggle, rather, we find ourselves in a low point. And you might be here right, you might be in that point right today. Maybe you need to hear the voice of God. Maybe you need to hear somebody come alongside of you and say, listen, man, how are things going? And they have a word from you from God that encourages you. So why do we find ourselves in this, these positions? Well, because life happens, right? Life can just be a struggle. But we also find ourselves in these positions of of being in doubt or fear or struggling because the Bible tells us that Satan is our adversary, and, and don't think that he is not actively working against you. It, it tells us Ephesians that that we are we, that he is scheming against us. This is what he. This is what First Peter five eight Says, it says be sober minded. Right. Pay attention. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around, seeking seeking someone to devour. Now, think about this. Satan right now is actively out there um, looking for someone to, to tear up. And his intent is in, when he's whoever he's looking for. His intent is not to be kind to them. His intent is to bring harm to their lives. They tell me this that a a lion in the out in the natural in the in the wild that their roar can be heard up to five miles away, and that oftentimes a lion will simply stand up, give out this that that terrifying roar simply to see what it can scare up, and out doing that type of thing to us spiritually. Now listen, there's there's no real reason why he picks on you in particular. Maybe, maybe it's because, uh, he picks on you because you have a call of God on your life. Maybe because you're trying to make a move towards Jesus and he wants to, he wants to oppose that. Maybe because there's a ministry God is calling you to and he wants to oppose that. But there's not any particular reason. It's not he hates you particularly. It's just that he hates the work of God and he's going to fight against that. In fact, he may just be out prowling around when he sees you. But the point is, his attacks are real. They're real, and they can be. And the really sad part about it is he most often uses people that are close to you. People that are supposed to support you or care about you. He most often uses the people closest to you to tear you down. They don't realize it. They're a victim as well but because he knows those wounds that come from somebody close to you are going to be the most painful, the deepest, the ones that are going to cause you the most grief. And so he works. John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, The thief, meaning Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, Jesus says, that you may have life and have it Abundantly. I think one of the stories, the story of a man named John Mark in the Bible, John Mark is believed to have written the Gospel of Mark, which was the very first gospel written. I think he's a prime example of someone who 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 Satan set his sights on and came after, beat him down and discouraged him in the work Jesus called him to. You see, John Mark was originally part of the Apostle Paul's missionary team. If you're not familiar with the Apostle Paul, he wrote he wrote 13 books in the New Testament. Um, he had he spread the gospel throughout Asia. An amazing, an amazing person. And he went on se- he went on several uh, missionary journeys, three big missionary journeys, right? And I believe in this first one, John Mark was with him on these missionary journeys. And somewhere during the during that way, the enemy roared at John Mark. Right? So Satan is not only trying to bring John Mark down, but he's trying to disrupt the missionary work of Paul. He's trying to disrupt the unity of that team. And he's roaring, and he's and he's casting about and, and causing conflict and hurt. And he gets to John Mark, and John Mark gets scared and rattled. And I, I don't know the particulars, but I do know the result. The result was this, the uh, because of the the, the the attack of Satan, John Mark pulls out of this missionary endeavor. He quits. He just quits in the middle of this. He's part of an important team. He's a key member in this missionary team, and he just quits. Now, some years later, Paul is traveling with another apostle by the name of Barnabas. And they are considering, they're getting ready to go out on another missions trip, and Barnabas wants to take with them John Mark. Now, let's listen to this exchange in Acts chapter 15. Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return to his brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with them John Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them. And had not gone with him to the work. Paul's like, "I don't want to take somebody he quit on the ministry." And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other, bought them and sailed away to Cyprus. And then the Apostle Paul went on on his original missionary journey. Now listen, remember, earlier during this first missionary journey, Mark abandoned them. Again, we don't know why. Maybe it was fear because they were constantly threatened. Maybe it was discouragement, not seeing the results he wanted. Maybe he was just weary. But imagine how John Mark felt having quit on the Apostle Paul. Imagine that. And imagine how he felt in this moment when he's being considered. He obviously has the call of God on his life. He's called to serve in the ministry. He's called to be a part of these teams. And when he comes up, the greatest evangelist of their time says, no, you can't come along. You're not worthy to come along because of your past failings. I mean, think about that. I know I've made a ton of mistakes in my life. Man, I don't want to be judged for those today. What was was John Mark feeling in that moment? Into that scenario steps Barnabas. Barnabas, who has, who I believe has the spiritual gift of exhortation or encouragement. He steps into that, that moment when John Mark's faith was probably at its lowest, when John Mark's opinion of himself is probably at his lowest, and he reaches out to him to begin to build him back up in Christ. And church, that's what an exhorter does. He builds people up in Christ so they can continue the ministry and the work that God has called them to. Understand this that God is not blind to our struggle. He's not blind to our fears. He's not blind to, to, the, to our issues we struggle with. And that's why the gift of exhortation is important to the church. It's one of the ways that God will send us messages of encouragement. It's one of the ways that God will ensure that we stay on the course that he's called us to. Through somebody who has the gift of exhortation. Not only going to encourage us in our struggles, sometimes he gives us a kick in the pants when we need it to get back on track. That was my case, right? When the Holy Spirit spoke to me and gave me the kick in the pants I needed to get in line with his will in that moment. So now, enter, like I said, enter Barnabas, who I believe has the spiritual gift of exhortation. And it's verse 39, Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Barnabas steps in and says, no, I believe in what God has called you to, Mark. I believe in the calling in your life. I believe what he's called you to, even if somebody else may not. And No matter what mistakes you've made, I believe that God is calling you in this direction. And he steps up and he to lead him and help him in that direction, in the direction of ministry. And I believe that in that moment, John Mark needed someone to both encourage him and believe in him. The word exhortation is the is the Greek word paraklesis. And it, it, it has a kind of a complex meaning. It means to comfort and to encourage people. But it also has a mean of to motivate and to excite people. To motivate and to excite people. And you can, you can imagine the work that Barnabas had to do in, in John Mark's life. He had to come along and not only comfort him, man, you've just been rejected by the greatest evangelist of your time. It'd be like, man, Billy Graham comes to me and says, Pastor Randy, you're not worthy <laughs> to be a part of my, my missional outreach here in Yakima. <laughs> How devastating would that be? And in steps Barnabas to comfort and encourage him. And then more than that, to motivate him to pursue the work that God has called him to. The gift of exhortation is the gift that a to get up and get busy fulfilling the task for the Lord. It is supernatural ability to come alongside and to help. The supernatural ability to strengthen someone when they're weak, to reassure their wavering faith, to console them when they're troubled, and to encourage them when they they're feel, like, feel like stopping. And that's exactly what Paul did for John Mark. He came alongside, now listen to this. He came along the side of John Mark and he reframed his experiences for him. Reframed them. And I think oftentimes we all need that because what we do is we we fail or we make a mistake. And you know what we do? We label that as a failure. I label that as a a mistake. And that's what it sits there. It sits there in our life. It's it's always going to be a failure. It's always going to be a mistake. That's not the way God sees things and John Mark, excuse me, Barnabas helps John Mark reframe those failures or those mistakes. He helps him to understand, to truly understand Jeremiah 29:11 probably for the first time. And John Mark has probably heard this and knows the scripture, but maybe for the first time under under uh, Barnabas's encouragement, he really begins to understand Jeremiah 29:11 that says, "For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you hope" In a future, because I believe it was in that moment that as Barnabas is helping John Mark reframe his experiences, he's learning for the first time that God doesn't waste anything. That he takes our failures and our mistakes and he uses them for his glory. If we will put our feet back towards his cross and continue the purpose he's called us to, that those experiences, right, then become a part of our, our knowledge base. And He uses them for His glory in our life. I think that's what Jeremiah 29 11 is saying. I have plans for you. I understand that you are going to make mistakes. You're going to struggle. But I'm going to use them to define your character and to shape you for the, for the, the, for the, the struggles ahead. Our mistakes and our failures are not those things at all. They are the foundation that God uses for our future. I believe that Barnabas is through Barnabas' encouragement and direction. Mark moved from fear to failure to opportunity. Remember this. I believe also that without Barnabas, there would be no gospel of Mark in our Bible today. Remember the Gospel of Mark is considered by most scholars to be the first gospel that was written. And they, they believe that, that, uh, uh, that Matthew probably modeled his gospel off of that one. Without Barnabas, there is no Gospel of Mark. For those of you who have the gift of encouragement, there are ministries taking place right now that may not get off the ground unless you come alongside of people. There may be marriages today that may not make it unless you come alongside of those people and love them and encourage them. There are people serving in ministries today that that are ready to quit. They might be in our own church. They're ready to throw in the hat and to give it up because they need somebody to come alongside of them to help them reframe their experiences and to put their faith back in the God of the Bible and to go forward telling you the gift of exhortation is a powerful gift. Because there was someone with the gift of exhortation in John Mark's life, he went on to impact the world with the gospel of Mark. So how do we use this gift of spiritual exhortation? Listen, I believe that those with the spiritual gift of exhortation or encouragement, as it's often called, they have a concern and a desire to see people grow and succeed in life and in ministry and in faith. And if you feel like you have the spiritual gift of exhortation, right, I want to encourage you to continue to develop that. Namely, number one, be encouraged daily in your own faith. Listen, you can't give out of an empty tank, right? You can't give out of an empty tank and you need to be filling your spiritual tank daily through by what we call roaring, reading God's word, observing what it has to say to you and responding to God through prayer journaling, right? Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. And if you have the spiritual gift of exhortation, man, I want to encourage you, keep your tank filled up so that you're, so you, you're full of faith to encourage others. Remember this, that the spiritual gift of exhortation is not based upon your good nature, but it comes from God's anointing on your life. The second thing you can do if you you think you have the spiritual gift of exhortation is, is you can choose obedience and courage will follow. What do I mean by that? Meaning there are going to be times when God is going to ask you to go and speak to somebody and encourage them. You may not have a whole lot of connection with that person. But you have to choose obedience in that moment and the courage to act will follow. In other words, God, I'm getting behind you. You you are directing me, so God, I'm stepping out to do this. And this is all on you. And if we fail, we fail together, God, right? But I'm getting behind you. That gives you the courage to follow. I remember a time as a as a my first paid full time paid position as a youth pastor, and I was that was back in the days when we we still sat up on the platform in chairs. The pastoral staff did, and uh, and and I'm sitting up there on the platform and working Going on. And I'm watching this lady towards the front. And those days, and we still do it here as well, but they often people often came forward to the front to worship. Somebody was up front, they were a group of people up front worshiping, and, and there's this lady with just this really distressed, just distressed look on her face, you know. And I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I, I want you to go over and tell her to put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. This is scripture in the Bible. And I was like, "No, I'm not going to do it." Right? Hey, Pastor, I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you to go tell this person. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not going to do it. Right? I mean, the Holy Spirit kept working on me to go over there, to really exhort, encourage her. So finally, I did, and I and I and I had to choose obedience in that moment. Right? And, and, and listen, this is this is not like you're sitting next to somebody and you're like, "Hey, I just thought just crossed my mind. I've got to get up in front of everybody." Walk across the platform, come down. It's very clear that, that Randy, the youth pastor, the new kid on the block is attempting to do something spiritual here, right? And come over and, and give this lady this word. And so I did. I chose obedience and courage came afterwards. And I came back and I got back to my seat and I'm standing there waiting and I'm watching her and she's in there and she's going, I mean, this is really disgusting. Like, I, like, I just missed it totally, right? Just. Shaking her head. Well, that young whippersnapper, how dare him? He thinks he's got God's spirit. He knows nothing about it. Ah! She starts bawling. I don't know what she was saying. I'm just saying that's what the look looked like to me. Like, man, I, I missed you, God, right? I missed you. And then she starts bawling and, and God just starts ministering to her. And, and afterwards, you know, of course, it turns out that's exactly what she needed to hear in that moment. Joshua one says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. Right? Yeah, we just have to get behind Jesus and choose obedience, and courage will come. And I think the final step, if you feel like you have the spiritual gift of encouragement or exhortation, is uh, you also, it's key, is you need to be available for people. Yeah, that gift doesn't work if you're not available for people. Matthew 6.33 tells us that we're supposed to seek the kingdom of God First, and His righteousness, and then everything else that we are desiring a life will, will fall into place. We often have that reversed, meaning we give the prior of our time, priority of our time commitments, to everything else we are pursuing, and then we try to fit God into the into the excess, if there is any excess. But Scripture says different, and especially for those of you who have the ministry or the spiritual gift of exhortation. You you have to create time in your life where you can be available for people. And I don't know what that looks like for you in your life, his life is going to be different. But we need to begin to pray, Jesus, if I have this gift, what does this look like? How do I make sure that I have time to be available for people? Because if you're not available for people, you can't use your spiritual gift. See, the majority of the exhortation you're going to do is not just about a one-time uh, interactive moment like I had where God sends me down to encourage somebody. Um, it's going to be where you're coming alongside of people based on relationships and commitment. And you're encouraging them along their path, and along their journey, in their ministry. Um, and that requires time. For you, um, it is going to be worth it you're going to find your place of passion and meaning in that moment. When you see the Holy Spirit using you to build somebody up and their ministry, ministry is flourishing because you've supported them and strengthened them. Now when you come across around that marriage that is hurting and, and you're able to encourage them and that marriage begins to blossom, prosper, right? That spiritual gift of exhortation um, it's so important the body of Christ, but it means we have to be available for people. I want to invite the worship team up this morning as we get ready to conclude. You you may be sitting here today, and you may not feel like you have the spiritual gift of exhortation. But let me pause here, and, and, and it should be on your notes and it should be popping up different places. But if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, our goal is when we get through this series, everybody knows what their spiritual gift is and how they can use it in the kingdom of God. Whether you do or don't, that becomes a conversation you have between Jesus. But we you know what your spiritual giftings are. And if you will simply go to our website, to cpyakama.church, click on the um, get involved tab and then click on the spiritual gifts test there's a short spiritual gifts test on there based upon the romans 12 uh, spiritual gifts and it also has a passion survey showing where you are most passionate the church and we would love for you to take that so that we can connect with you and say man um, how do you begin to walk alongside of jesus and his kingdom work Use your spiritual gift and the church community that jesus has called you to and planted you in in other words, there's not any excuse for anybody not to discover what their spiritual gift is. If you're wondering, if you have the spiritual gift of exhortation, hit the website, cpyakama.church, click on the Get Involved tab, click on the spiritual gift test, and you'll know within 10 to 15 minutes. But today you may not have the spiritual gift of exhortation, but you need some encouragement, Right? need some faith in your life because of what you're going through, what you're facing, the struggles maybe you're in. I want you to know that you don't have to wait for someone with this gift to show up, that you can be encouraged simply by being here, being in God's house where people love you, where people believe in you, where people are going to pray with you and support you. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not neglect... To meet together as is the habit, of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the drawing near. In other words, when you when you're here in the house of God with people of like faith, it's important to you because there's something supernatural going on here, church. There's something supernatural, and you can't get it anywhere else but the house of God. I also want to encourage you if you need encouragement to look for it in God's Word. His Bible was given to us to encourage us. And I know so many people think about the Bible, I don't want to read the Bible because it's going to just going to tell me all these do's and don'ts. It's, and it's not. Yeah, there are things in there that he's going to encourage you to avoid and not to do or warn you about, but it really it is first and foremost a document of life given to you to express his love, his will, and to encourage you. Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing every word from the mouth of Christ. That's what God's word is, the Bible. It is faith on paper. Spend time with Jesus. Because Jesus simply says this, Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden. on you and learn from me. For I am gentle, and lowly in heart, and find rest for your soul. For those of you who are looking for encouragement, man, connect with Jesus to find it. And for those of you who think you have the spiritual gift of exhortation, I just want to remind you that when you're using your spiritual gifts in the local church, you find a part of your destiny, you find a place of fulfillment and purpose you learn to understand that God believes in me. We want everybody to live with that truth, that understanding. So as we move to our response time this morning, do you need encouragement today? And if you do, just take a moment and begin to talk to Jesus and tell him, God, I I need your encouragement today. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment, but if you will begin to talk to Jesus and say, God, I just need to admit that I need your encouragement. Maybe, like the example that I showed you, as we begin to sing this next song, maybe you need to put on a garment of praise to offset the spirit of heaviness that you may be living with. And if that's you, would you take that chance? Would you take that chance to stand and lift your hands and to, and to worship with us? And to see God begin to renew you. Maybe you're here this morning and you do have the spiritual gift of exhortation and you know it. But you need to begin to take time so you can be that exhorter in someone's life. You need to to begin to reprioritize your day and your time so you give Jesus some more time. I don't know what that looks like. Um, I can't tell you that you need to give him this amount of time. And, but you need to have that conversation with Jesus. Say, do I need to reprioritize my life so that I can serve you my ministry? gift? Yeah. Whatever conversation you need to have with Jesus, let's have that right now as the worship team leads us. Jesus, I, I pray for those today, whether they're here in person or part of our online family, God they're they're in a rough spot Lord they really need your encouragement in their life this moment. Father I pray that you will teach them the truth that is found in the scripture that says put on a garment of praise for spirit of heaviness because Lord worship is the opposite Lord God of of doubt, worship is the opposite of fear Uh, worship is a way of expressing trust in you even when we don't feel it in that moment, Lord, we can worship you, God, and release faith into our circumstances. Faith in you. Faith that you love us. Faith that you are aware of us. Faith that you know our circumstances, that you know our struggle. And we can trust you in that moment. Lord, I pray for that faith in each person's life. No matter what they're facing and what they're struggling. God that they would truly believe and know that you love them and right now you're working all things together for the good of those who love Christ Jesus and no matter how difficult their circumstances are Lord God it is part of your tapestry and you are use it for your glory encourage them today I pray in Jesus name Lord, I pray for those with the spiritual gift of exhortation. God, that they will choose obedience and the courage to follow will come. Or that they will make time in their life, God, to honor you and to build up the body of Christ as you have uniquely gifted them to do. What an incredible gift, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, rebuild them with the spiritual gift. God, Help them to make prioritizing their time to be able to serve you. An important part of their life. And that Father, they would find their purpose, their, their place of purpose and fulfillment using your spiritual gift in your kingdom. In Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, Amen as we're here in this moment of worship and just listening to the Holy Spirit, you might be watching online or who here in person and um, you realize that the reason you don't have a spiritual gift is because you've never given your life to Jesus. Right? Maybe you've heard of Jesus, been in church, maybe you have relatives that are, that are Christ followers, but you've never given your life to Jesus. What does that mean? It means never reached that point where you said, Jesus, I'm no longer going to live for myself. I'm, I'm giving you my heart. I'm choosing to follow you for the, the rest of my days, whatever that looks like. I'm going to go on this cool journey with you. But if you're, you're here and you're watching online, and you want to give your life to Jesus today, man, we want to go with you on that journey. We want to walk with you in this moment because we believe in you. We know that God is calling you into that relationship with him. It's a place where you got your sins forgiven and where you can know his hope and his peace and his health, as well as knowing that your name is written in eternity, that you have a place in heaven. So if you're here or you're watching online and you would make that commitment right now, let's pray together. Let's do it, right? Let's give our life to Jesus. No greater step can you take than that step right now to give your life to Jesus and be born again. He's going to place a new spirit in you. It's going to begin to change you. And No matter how many times you fail, you keep pointing your feet back to Jesus and your faith and your life is going to change and grow for his glory. Why don't you repeat this prayer with me? Say, so, Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I want to live for you. So I'm giving my life to you, Jesus. I'm committing to follow you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to begin to change my heart. Jesus, when I fail, help me to focus on you again. Remind me of your love and continue to change me. I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. And I now live for your glory. In Jesus' holy name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, if you say that prayer today, either in person or online, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of Crosspoint. We are so glad you're here. You will take an opportunity to fill out your connection card. Let us know that you made this commitment to follow Jesus because we want to give you some tools to help you grow in your faith, man. Listen, we believe that nobody goes on this journey to call the Christian life alone. We want to walk beside you. Let us know. If you're watching online, go to our website at cpyakamon.church. Click on the prayer tab and you will be able to fill out a connection card right alongside of us. Let us know that you committed your life to Jesus. We want to get you the tools to help you grow in your faith as well. Welcome to church. Welcome to Cross Point. Welcome to the family of God. David.